I say, have a look at this specimen, the mighty tiger. This tiger's been able to rip through 11 of its prey. I love to watch the tiger claw out of victory. Terrible Animal Planet opening aside, it's time to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. You might have heard about these Bengals, many experts picking them to win maybe three games tops, but how has Cincinnati fared? And plus, they haven't won a playoff game since January 1991. You already know where this is going. You're not hearing this on Dayton Radio. You got this on the local Sunday Sports Podcast, episode 226. Welcome to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mallon. This is an audio podcast that covers local sports in Southwest Ohio, Northern Kentucky, and East Central Indiana. When the host promises that all teams in the region are covered, that's a fact. No talking about that team in Columbus. Other people in Dayton have that covered. Hear from a host with experience covering several schools and teams and working with several media organizations. No luck required here, buddy. No insults thrown here, fans. Everyone is welcome to the local sports podcast train. Intro theme is Ultraviolet by Infraction from Upbeat. Visit Sindaypod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D.com for ways to listen to the podcast and to buy merchandise. Now, please welcome your host, Lee W. Mowen. What just happened last night? No, seriously. What happened last night? Because all I could see on Twitter and Facebook, just so many happy Bengals fans. You know it. I definitely know it. The Cincinnati Bengals have won their first playoff game since January 1991, then against the Houston Oilers. Last night, the Bengals, that first half, with the exception of having, what was it, few seconds on the clock to end the half scored in every drive and were able to keep Las Vegas from scoring in their last drive of the game. Jermaine Pratt intercepting that pass and Cincinnati won their first playoff game. I'm already shaking just talking about this. Oh, I watched the game on Peacock because trying to fight with the digital antenna is just nuts in our new place. So nah, rather not. And my fiance was actually watching it. She doesn't mind football. She's not a big sports fan, but she watched it with me, which was awesome. And wow. Just wow. I mean, the noise level you heard from Ball Brown Stadium, the most ever at Paul Brown, over 66,000 in attendance. Man, I, I wish one day I get to a Bengals game or start working for the Bengals, you know, one of the two. But, man, Bengals really did Cincinnati proud. And that is the longest drought in major sports in America. That playoff drought getting snapped. I do feel bad for Las Vegas just because, you know, all the crap the Raiders had to go through. All the crap that I read about Derek Carr and everything. Derek Carr's not bad. I mean, it's no Joe Burrow, but... 
hey, there's worse quarterbacks out there. You know, like Ben Roethlisberger's backup, Dwayne Haskins, but you don't want that cup of tea. You know, watching that game from kickoff to the knee to win it, wow. I'm proud to be from Southwest Ohio. I'm proud to love Cincinnati, and I'm even more proud to say who day. I, I, I'm still, I'm still processing it in my head. There's so much, so much from Bengals fans, just, you know, love, support, and just seeing something that's plagued the team since the early 1990s, just gone, vanished without a choice. I also see a lot of hate from the Browns fans, which get over it. Hey, what times your team played? Oh, that's right. You guys didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> and Dayton Radio told me that the Browns were surefire winners of the Super Bowl. But uh, drink your cup of tea anyway. Yeah, and also seeing a lot of fans complain about, you know, ref ball. You know, that pass interference call was crap. The dude was trying to knock down the ball and just bumped the helmet, and you're going to call that P.I.? Just, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of grief, especially from the Raiders side of things, which eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, yeah, Cincinnati has won their first playoff game since early 1991. And you might be asking, well, what's happened between 1991 and now? Well, plenty of things. There's been a lot of tweets about, hey, the last time Cincinnati won a playoff game, the Soviet Union and Yugoslavia, sorry, Yugoslavia existed. The Houston Oilers were a thing, and the first rendition of the Cleveland Browns were still in town. The Los Angeles Rams were in their first stint in California. Paul Brown was still alive. You might know he lost his life that year. And then Mike Brown took over operating the team. Of course, there's a lot of things happened in 1991 before the Super Nintendo came out in the United States. That was when the Bengals last won the playoff game. Then ending Bo Jackson's football career and giving them the curse until last night. So a lot of things happened in 1991, which, you know, we'll go through some things. You had your first ever African-American woman to be mayor of a major U.S. city. That would be Sharon Pratt Dixon. She was mayor of the District of Columbia. Dick Cheney, back then Secretary of Defense, he canceled the $57 billion order for the McDonnell Douglas A-12 Avenger 2, for those that like planes and stuff. Of course, a couple... Days later, you had your first airstrikes on Iraq in the Gulf War. Like I mentioned, Super Nintendo will be out in July, I think. I believe so. There's a lot of things that happened. You had, you know, Bill Clinton decided, hey, I'm going to run for presidency as the Democratic uh, native or the nominee native. And then winning it in 1992 to become president for the next few years. Of course, Clarence Thomas would be the replacement for Associate Justice Thurgood Marshall. 
course, you know Thurgood Marshall being a big name and name of a school here in Dayton. Salute Your Shorts debuted on Nickelodeon back on July the 4th, 1991. Uh, my birthday, June 5th, turning three. Yes, I was two and a half when the Bengals last won their playoff game. The STS-40 Space Shuttle Columbia carries the Space Lab Life Series 1 module into orbit. Chicago Bulls win their first NBA championship by knocking off the Los Angeles Lakers. There was a spectator that was killed by lightning at the U.S. Open, June 13th. Sonic the Hedgehog made its way to the United States. And by the end of 91, this was a game on the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive, depending where you hail from, that sold 2 million copies worldwide. Yeah. And then a couple years later, we'd have two cartoons. But, you know, neither here nor there. In August, you'd have Doug, Rugrats, and the Ren and Stippy show air on Nicktoons on Nickelodeon August the 11th. Uh, later on in the year, the dissolution of the Soviet Union. You have the independence recognized by U.S. from Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Grease fire broke out in the Imperial Foods chicken processing plant in Hamlet, North Carolina, which sadly killed 25 people. You had a couple plane crashes, a couple hostage. Uh, October 2nd, that's when Bill Clinton announced he's seeking the 92 Democratic nomination for president of the United States. And this is when the Senate also voted to confirm Clarence Thomas, 52 to 48. And a few days before that, interviewing both Thomas and former aide Anita Hill, who alleged that Thomas sexually harassed her while she worked for him. Magic Johnson, uh, later on the year, November 7th, announced that he had HIV, which ended his NBA career. And Queen died later that month, around Thanksgiving. From AIDS at 45 years old, the lead singer of Queen, you might know. And the Cold War ended Christmas Day, Boxing Day, as Miguel Gorbachev resigns and the Soviet Union officially dissolves. So yeah, a lot of things happened in 1991. In case you're wondering, I believe Alex Wood was born. I think Clark Harris, the oldest Bengal on the team, he would have been six. Or am I getting that backwards with Zach Taylor, who would have been seven? So yeah, Joe Burrow wasn't even born. That just tells you how long it's been. Trevor Bauer was born. You might know him for you know his disgusting acts, allegedly. And yeah, you know I, I love to say he was the first Cy Young winner for the Cincinnati Reds, but just no, not when not when you do stuff like that. No, no. Darius Slate was born New Year's Day, ninety one. I think he's with the Eagles and they're playing later today. Matthew Boyd, a lot of sports players. Maurice Alexander. Try to see if there's anyone that just boom. Oh, Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., was born February 24th. Jamie Lynn Spears, who, you know, is in that lovely scrap with Britney Spears, all the drama and everything. Can't believe I actually brought that up. No one famous on June 5th, 1991. Kyle Leonard was born later that month, though. Hmm. That's something. Still looking through the birthdays. I, I wanted to talk about, hey, Eric Persolvan. He was on Malcolm in the Middle. That's uh, what my fiance and I are watching at the moment. 
until she takes over the TV and puts on Desperate Housewives, and then I'm just screaming, no. But Marcus Lattimore, born on October. So you get my point. There's names you recognize on here, and yeah. See if there's any deaths that are, well, I mentioned, you know, Freddie Mercury. Still getting over the death of Bob Saget, too. Grew up been watching America's Funny Home Videos. That doesn't have anything to do with anything. But so what's changed from 1991 until now? Well, look at our video games. We now have the Nintendo Switch, which, you know, if you've got your online account, you can play Super Nintendo games, which, again, debuted in 1991. It's my first video game system ever. That's why it's so important. Dr. Seuss died in 1991. That's sad. Got smartphones, which I'm looking at right now. Podcasts. Of course, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, you know, all your social medias, they weren't a thing back then. Also, text messaging wasn't a thing back then, which has always been a thing that no one's been able to text that the Bengals won a playoff game until yesterday. And I think it was Trent Taylor on Twitter that's asking, who was the first person to text that? That's a very good question. But uh, I don't have that answer. But there you go. So a lot of things have changed. A lot of coaches through the years in Cincinnati. And Zach Taylor, strangely enough, has a better playoff record than Marvin Lewis ever did. Which is sad, because I like Marvin Lewis. I I did think it was time for him to move on. But at the same time, I still think he's a good guy and good coach. But Zach Taylor, you know, the funny story is what I read about, you know, they wanted to let Zach Taylor cook a little bit longer. But then they were afraid, nah, he doesn't want to come to Cincinnati with all his knowledge. So give him a few years to grow, which nowadays it makes perfect sense, especially since, you know, Steam broke the curse. Didn't understand. I mean, I, I understood, but I didn't really agree with the whole thing of, hey, run the ball in the last drive. And then that gave Las Vegas the ball and just... You know, I don't know. So that's what happened in 1991, the last year that the Bengals would win the playoff. I I also mentioned Houston Oilers was the last playoff win for Cincinnati. They're now known as the Tennessee Titans, and you might know them this year as having the number one seed. So the only buy in the AFC. And that's incredible because they lost a big chunk of their offense. Derrick Henry, who might be back next week. That dude's a beast. I mean, great running back. And Tennessee... They're pretty solid. They got it going on. Secondary's banged up, which, you know, if Titans do get the Bengals, maybe, you know, Joe Burrow skies it a couple years ago. I'm trying to remember if it was the last year of Dalton or the first year of Burrow. It was the Bengals' first win. Was it the Bengals' first win? I'm trying to remember. It, it was it, it was one of the years the Bengals weren't great. But I mean, Houston Rollers now, the Tennessee Titans, Cleveland Browns would move to Baltimore, become the Ravens, although all the history and everything stuck in Cleveland, and then they have this team that everyone thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, one playoff win, I think, your history, good for you guys. You know, maybe try not being clowns, and try not being, you know, just people that, you know, don't run out your quarterbacks because, you know, yeah, they may have made a stupid decision to play hurt, but they wanted to win it for their team. So I give Baker Mayfield a lot of credit on that. 
a lot of things happen. And now in Cincinnati, the Reds have the longest curse. October 1995 was the last series win in the playoffs for Cincinnati, but we're not talking about negative things. We're talking about the Bengals' playoff win. Now, I got the box score right here ready to go, and we'll talk about that next. But there's something I want to bring up. Zach Taylor gave out game balls to the city of Cincinnati. And in fact, last night, after the Bengals win, everything got cleaned up Paul Brown Stadium. They went through Cincinnati and started handing out game balls to, you know, businesses in the Queen City, which, wow. You know how you, you know, establish yourself as Cincinnati's team? Stuff like that. I mean, that that's that's a great act. You know, Zach Taylor's been with Cincinnati for three years, and depending on who you ask, there's fans that want him gone after first year, gone after second year. You know, for me, I didn't want to see him gone after second year because I, I knew this year was going to be better. You know, I mean, you look at the hires, you look at the free agent spending. Yes, there's still some things need to be tweaked, fixed before you can say, yep, this team's going to be hard to stop in the playoffs. I still think they're going to be hard to stop in the playoffs, but hey, we broke the curse. I'm a happy, happy person. This is from Jelani Scott on NFL.com, and this is about Zach Taylor awarding the ball to the city of Cincinnati. I can't tell you how big this event was for Cincinnati, Southwest Ohio, and Bengals fans, and those that trash talk the Bengals just because they exist. I wouldn't know any, especially on Dayton Radio, would you? An exciting 26-19 home victory over the Raiders on Saturday snapped the Bengals' 31-year gap between playoff wins, sparking hope for a franchise that hasn't advanced past the wildcard round since the 1990 campaign. And it talks about January 6, 1991, beating the Oilers 41-14. I wish that name would come back. Name and color scheme, too, because that was a great color scheme. Standing tall in a revved-up locker room, still celebrating the milestone win, head coach Zach Taylor dedicated a game ball to franchise owner Mike Brown, who assumed ownership seven months after that 91 win, his wife Nancy, before sharing a special message with a city that supported them through many terminless seasons. The next one is a new tradition we start today with our first playoff win, head coach Zach Taylor said. It goes to the city of Cincinnati, and we pass this thing out at bars across Cincinnati tonight, and we let fans celebrate with us. Every playoff game from here on out, the city shares in this with us. Again, how do you tie yourself in with a city? That's a great start. I love it. The team later announced it will send three game balls to popular local watering holes. I thought that phrase died a long time ago. Maybe even before the Bengals' last playoff win, but never mind. Pontiac, Walt's Hitching Post, and Mount Lookout Tavern. And also, last night's triumph also provided the Zach Taylor-Joe Burrow era with a new benchmark two weeks after beating the Chiefs to win the AFC North. Burrow, who spent a portion of his childhood in Ohio, attended high school in the States, at the Plains in Athens. You know, winning the Heisman, it gets your name on the stadium, which... I don't think as a 20-some-year-old, I don't think many of those can say, hey, the stadium's named after me. I mean, he definitely deserves it, but just that's crazy to think about. 
Played one season of that school in Columbus, and then they made the biggest mistake of their lives by sticking with Haskins. Wonder what Haskins is doing. Oh, yeah, he's third string in Pittsburgh. And uh, didn't really work out in Washington, did he? Because, you know, doesn't take it seriously from what coaches say. But, hey. Before transferring to LSU, Louisiana State University shared his excitement in the calm fashion with his M.O., It's exciting, he said. It's exciting for the city and the state, but we're not going to dwell on that. We're moving forward. Whoever we got to play next will be ready to go out and execute the game plan. Burrow showing considerably less enthusiasm than the fans packed inside. Paul Brown Stadium followed that response with a bit more vigor when asked what it meant to secure his first playoff win. The business-as-usual quarterback wasn't shy about reminding everyone of the team's mission to give Cincy something else to cheer about in the weeks ahead. It's exciting, but this was expected, Joe Burrow said. This isn't the icing on top of the cake or anything. This was the cake, so we're moving on. Love that attitude, you know? Yeah, I mean, this this win's huge, and we can celebrate that, but hey, these guys want more. You know what? They have the opportunity to go more. And I think, you know, no matter who Cincinnati plays next, that's going to be a great matchup. And uh, you definitely believe that um, I'm catching it somehow. And that's the end of the article. Again, this is uh, NFL.com, and it's now time to hit the box score, also on the same site. So in terms of team stats, Las Vegas outgained Cincinnati 385 to 308. The Raiders got more passing yards, 282 to 225, and rushing yards, 103-83. And also averaged a little bit more on average yards per play, 5.4 to Cincinnati's 5.0. But the thing that matters the most, points scored, Cincinnati 26, Las Vegas 19. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. Raiders lost a fumble. It was already back in that first half. Thank you to Trey Hendrickson. Interceptions throw, car through that pick to end the season for Las Vegas. And keep Cincinnati in the playoffs. Raiders allowed three sacks. Cincinnati allowed two. The one for Max Crosby. Dude, that that guy's a beast. Max Crosby. Also very tattooed as well. He had like wings on his back of his throat. It's, it's cool. But yeah, that one just a big hole in the middle. And there's not much Joe Burrow could have done. On that one. Third down efficiency. A little bit better for the Raiders. 44 to 41%. Bengals held on to the ball longer. About. 32 minutes to a little over 28 minutes for the Raiders. And seven penalties on both teams. Easy peasy. Now it's time for the individual stats. Not the whatever I said. Joe Burrow, 244 yards, no picks, two touchdowns. And those two touchdowns, neither of them went to Jamar Chase. But I tell you, nine catches, 116 yards on 12 targets. That's a good day. CJ Uzama with one of those touchdowns, six catches on six targets for 64 yards. The other one going to Tyler Boyd, four catches, 26 yards, and one TD. Just one catch for T. Higgins. That was light in the fourth for 10 yards. Joe Mixon, four catches, 28 yards. And I mentioned Jamar Chase, 116 yards on 9 of 12. Like I said, I said this in previous episodes, I was Team Sewell because I was more worried about the offensive line, but I'm happy Jamar Chase is a Bengal. 
I'm happy Joe Burrow is a Bengal. I'm happy that the Bengals are the Bengals because there's a lot of promise here and also the most cap space available by any NFL team. Now, of course, there's a few contracts that need to be signed, and I do worry about you know keeping these guys intact for the future. I do worry about that, but I don't have to worry about that for a while. You know what I'm saying? Rushing-wise, well, the Bengals got 48 yards out of 17 carries for Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase had a couple first downs, 3 of 23 yards. Chris Evans, one carry, 9 yards. It's a little surprising because I really like that run from Chris Evans. Tyler Boyd had a run for three yards. Samaji Pirine, only one touch for two yards. I don't remember him only touching the ball once. And Joe Burrow had negative two on two keeps. I wish I would stop doing that. I shouldn't hit the keys, but there you go. Larry Ogunjobi. He took the fumble. And put the Bengals in really good field position, only for Cincinnati to kick a field goal. But hey, points are points. And Trey Hendrickson had the forced fumble. And this is going to be something we'll talk about a little bit later, because both those guys ended up leaving before the game was over. Interceptions. Well, Jermaine Pratt had that one to seal the deal. And he took it back two yards. We look at the defense, one sack for Sam Hubbard, one sack Trey Hendrickson, and one big sack for B.J. Hill. I was telling my fiance, we picked up B.J. Hill right before the regular season, and <laughs> it's just like, well, that's a great pickup. It's like, yeah, way to go, Giants. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Evan McPherson, money. 4-4. His longest field goal was 43 yards, also made both extra point attempts. Kevin Huber punted the ball twice for 57 yards, being his longest. Chris Evans had five returns, average of about 21 yards per return. And Trent Taylor returned two punts, average of 13 yards per return. We can dive into the Raiders stats real quick. Derek Carr, 29 of 54. So he went to the air a lot. 310, one touchdown, one pick. Josh Jacobs. You know, I was really surprised that the Raiders, I think it's Greg Olson calling the shots for the Las Vegas offense. At the end of the game, that last drive, I know you don't want to eat up as much clock as you have to, but dude was just ripping through 83 yards on 13 carries. That's an average of about six and a half. But again, I don't know. I'm not a coach, so I don't know. Zay Jones had a lone touchdown. He finished with five catches on eight targets, 61 yards, and he was the man targeted when Jermaine Pratt pulled down that interception. Darren Waller, 76 yards, seven uh, catches on 12 targets. Hunter Wenthrow, eight of 11, 58. Josh Jacobs, 44 yards on four catches. Brian Edwards, 41 yards, three catches. Deshaun Jackson, one catch, 26 yards. It was for a first down. Jalen Richard, one catch, four yards. Foster Morneau, 0 for 3. Derek Carr fumbled. Hunter Renthro fumbled too, but he didn't lose it. Derek Carr did. Casey Hayward and Nate Hobbs. Close to pulling down the interception because you know Joe Burrow didn't have one. And the sacks went to Max Crosby. I told you about that one. And Quentin Jefferson had the other one for Las Vegas. Daniel Carlson, he was also money. Four for four in his field goal tries. His longest was 47, and he made one Extra point attempt out of the one he tried. A.J. Cole had two punts for the Raiders. Tyron Johnson had three kickoff returns, average of 24.3 yards. 
Peyton Barber, he had that big mistake. He touched the ball before he went out of bounds at the two. And you know what? The Bengals almost can, almost got a safety out of that. Almost. It was close. Hunter Renthro had one punt return. He didn't return it for anything. So, yeah, that's numbers crunch. That's everything. Now it's time to talk about what this means to Cincinnati a little bit more. So, since I've started following sports in high school, Bengals have been my team. Picked them because, you know, I love Cincinnati. It's always been my favorite city. And now as an adult working in Cincinnati, mainly with ESP Media and sometimes with TKDS Sports with the Ohio Kings, I love Cincinnati. I love it. And to me, it is my perfect city. Yeah, And that's not to bash Dayton at all, because I love my home city too. But Cincinnati has always just been magical to me. I think it's because it's further away and that, you know, established magical as a kid. But it's it's never changed for me. Getting to broadcast for many schools in Cincinnati, Princeton, Lebanon, which I know is further away, but hey, it counts. Uh, Turpin, Anderson, Milford. Hopefully Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy one day, but hey. No, I, I love Cincinnati. It's always been a city I loved. And seeing the Bengals break a streak that dated back to when I was only two and a half, it's huge. And you know what? I think that effectively, you know, slaps the bungles out of people's mouth and slaps the you guys can't win a playoff game. Oh snap, we did last night. If we keep this core around and continue adding on, who's to say we're not back? Hmm? You know, to me, watching that game from start to finish and being part of the television audience, well, television audience, people that are watching them on TV, I, you know, I, I've realized that my love for Cincinnati Dayton is much stronger because these are the teams that I listen to, I follow, I buy merchandise for, and it's the teams that, you know, help defy me as a sports fan. And seeing something like that just, it, it brought a feeling of chills where I'm just like, did that really happen? Did I watch the Bengals win a playoff game? And then there's the whole thoughts of, this really happened. Of course it happened. You see how we built the team up? Last few years were a fluke. No. This is who we are as a football team. And, no, I've always been proud to do this podcast. Because I always thought that Dayton radio coverage was um, not great. Especially nowadays when it's pro Browns and if you're a Bengals fan, you can, you know, eat spit and call it a day. I honestly think that now this win, you know, it's great. It's it's superb. It is. It's what brings butts back in the seats. It's what generates excitement. It's what. You know, keeps people hooked. It starts new traditions for fans. And it makes sure that, you know, this team stays in Cincinnati because there were always murmurings about Mike Brown wanting to leave Cincinnati, which I 
never put much money into. So there you go. So yeah, I I don't know about you, fellow Bengals fan, but uh, I'm <laughs> I'm still shocked, happily shocked that that happened. And if I did have my game yesterday in Milford, which is my third straight broadcast wiped out, I think because of COVID, which that better not be a staying trend. You know, I, I, (laughs) man. So let's talk about what's up next for the Bengals. I probably should mention too, the cover of the Cincinnati Inquirer beautiful. It's just beautiful. Of course, that's the major paper in Cincinnati if you're not from Cincinnati. 31 years for the win. And it's a picture of Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase sitting on the top level of the foam right by the fans. 66,277. Attendance record ever at Paul Brown Stadium, which has been standing since 2000. So this is a tweet from Reese Sports. Weese Sports, rather. Excuse me. Weese is W-E-E-S-E Sports. If the Chiefs defeat the Steelers, which most people are predicting, the AFC Divisional Games will be Cincinnati, Tennessee, and Buffalo at Kansas City. If Steelers pull off the upset against Kansas City, then it's Steelers-Titans, Bengals-Bills. Past few years, it seemed like Bengals and Bills fans have been best friends. Which I know, that that probably won't stand if Steelers do win today. But, I look at that and, you know, the Titans? They said that regular season win stopped them. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry would be back, but... I look at that, and I think Joe Burrow is probably going to feast on that secondary. Because again, it's it's a bit banged up. I'm not guaranteeing a win. That's not my style. I'm not some cocky guy that you know guarantees things because things happen. But I I like our chances. I really do. Uh, does Pittsburgh pull off the upset of Kansas City? I mean, that regular season game, they kind of got shredded by the Chiefs. And, you know, I respect the Steelers in a way that I know they're always going to be the Steelers. That rivalry is always going to be, you know, the rivalry to me. That offensive line, meh. Ben Roethlisberger is turning into stone. Or has turned to stone. I mean, he doesn't have his assets that made him such a dangerous elite quarterback anymore. I mean, age does that to you. But this is his final hurrah, so all bets are off on that. I do like Friar Move, and I do like Najee Harris. And Juju Smith-Schuster is back, apparently, which I didn't think was possible for him. But hey, he came back, and he's sacrificing himself for the team. I will say, thanks, Pittsburgh, for Mike Hilton. Thanks. (laughs) Man, I'm still thinking about that regular season game at Cincinnati just crushing Pittsburgh like that. Ties the all-time biggest margin of victory for Cincinnati from 1989. It's going to be really, really, really a big crossroads for Pittsburgh. They got to find their new QB1. I don't think Roethlisberger comes back. 
it's possible he can. I don't ever know if he said that's it for him. I thought he did, but I don't know. It's not like I have a direct line to him. Like, hey, you retiring? Nope. Okay. You know. The Bills, though. Did you catch that second playoff game yesterday? That's the first ever perfect offensive game. No field goal tries. No punts. No fumbles. That's a dangerous Bills team. Do I still like our chances? Yeah, I mean, I think we can hold our own against Buffalo. I mean, who would I rather see? A banged up Titans team or Bills team that's coming off a 30-point win against... Is it 30 or 50? 50, 40. I'm pretty sure it's 30. Yeah, that's that's how bad things went for um, (laughs) New England last night. Man, I thought the Patriots would hang in there, but no, no match for Buffalo. And if New England's D.C. was getting any looks at head coaching jobs, I think, oh, that went quiet. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I'm, this team is awesome. And plus, they have the most cap space available to spend. I mean, I do worry about extending Jesse Bates. Hopefully that happens. But. I also worry about the one-year signings. I hope Ogun Joby decides to come back because he's a great uh, run stopper. Which brings me to my next point. Those injuries, they were kind of costly. If you saw towards the end of the game that uh, Cincinnati was having mm-hmm. tough time stopping the Las Vegas Raiders, I'm proud of myself. I haven't said Oakland yet. I said like five times in front of my fiance, but not here. So, yay me. I just try I don't I think it was in the kitchen when Trey Hendrickson was, you know, sent out with his concussion once Twitter decided, "Hey, he's not coming back." I was like, "Oh, no." I mean, yeah, I I do I I hope that Trey Hendrickson's okay. I also hope that, you know, maybe this is a good time to get some rest and come back for the second playoff game. Say with Ogun Joby. I thought Ogun Joby walked off the field on his own power. That might have been Mike Hilton, actually, now that I think about that. But yeah, that's something that you're going to have to watch for during the week. Because again, Ogun Joby and Hendrickson, big additions to defense. And again, I really hope they stay put. I know Hendrickson has a four year deal, so he's staying put. But man, Worth every penny and then some. Thanks, New Orleans. <laughs> Man, it's. Uh, I'm trying not to sound like a giant fanboy on here, but it's it's getting tougher as this podcast episode rolls along, which is only about 39 minutes before editing and everything. So hurrah! But yeah, could be the Titans, could be the Bills. It depends what Pittsburgh decides to do. So, Bengals fans, here's to you. Here's to a big hootay! And here's to hopefully talking more about the Bengals' victory in the playoffs. Now 11-7. and I do want to congratulate the Cleveland Browns for winning their Super Bowl. Yeah, they beat the Bengals twice this year. First game, no excuses. That was a thorough butt-kicking from Cleveland. You know... That was a thorough buck kicking, and Baker Mayfield has had his way against Cincinnati. 
Hopefully that changes next year. And Bengals fans, I I know this is a great year, but wouldn't it have been great if we took at least one from Cleveland? Now, I, I do agree with the fact that resting your starters, and that's when COVID decided to strike the Bengals. Thanks. But, man, what year is this where we sweep Pittsburgh and Baltimore but can't beat the Browns? What year is this? Is this the year before the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, the Bengals wouldn't have existed. Well, actually, they did in the 30s, but never mind that. But, yeah, congrats beating the Bengals JV team. Although, you barely did that. Man, I was listening to that, and I was sad to see that Mike Daniels went down so early because that dude... He busts his butt for Cincinnati. It was so great to get him on the field, especially with his playoff experience. And I don't think Ricardo Allen, who has the most playoff experience with the Atlanta Falcons, I don't think he saw the field that much. He did when um, Hilton walked off, I think, but there you go. So Cincinnati, this is for you. And you always know, along with Cincinnati Sports Radio, you got a friend up here in Dayton that loves the Bengals. Who day? You know, hopefully one day I'll start interviews again. But as of right now, this podcast, I can only promise an episode per month. And the next one I want to do is about college basketball. But we'll see when I get to it. I will say that last yesterday morning, last yesterday morning, that's a great sentence. But yesterday morning, I woke up and I got an email saying that, hey, your podcast is on the best 25 Cincinnati podcast list for Feedspot. I looked down like, well, it certainly is. You know, I I might worry about listenership. I don't publicly air this out. You know, I always say, hey, go listen to my podcast. Or what can I do to make you listen to my podcast? And if it's release more episodes right now, I'm raising two stepkids of my own. And I'm helping raise a family. And then at night, I'm normally in Cincinnati broadcasting. So it's it's been tough getting a way to do this podcast. But you know what? I'm raising a family. Something I've always wanted to do as a kid. So I do apologize. This podcast has quieted down to maybe once a month, maybe twice a month if I get lucky. But we'll see. But yeah. Top 25 or best 25 Cincinnati podcast list on Feedspot. That's huge. That's an honor. And I thank you. And I hope you Cincinnatians and Daytonians keep listening and Middletownians and everyone that I've missed. Keep listening because it does matter to me. I'm trying to prove that Dayton Radio can be better. I'm trying to prove that it's done better here on this podcast. So your listenership means the world to me. It absolutely does. If I was a rich man, I would give you gifts for that, but I don't. I don't have a lot of money, so there you go. So that was huge. Also, before I forget for the 85th trillionth time, I want to recommend a podcast. Yes, I know. This guy that doesn't really listen to podcasts. Greatest sports towns on earth. And in fact, this is a perfect time to type into my laptop. It'd help if I actually get the correct title in. Greatest sports towns on Earth, not in Earth. 
those ones aren't as any good. The greatest sports towns on earth. I want you to listen to a particular episode from November 23rd, 2021. Yes, I know it's been two months since the episode's released. Shut up. I've been busy. This is a podcast by Billy Puckett and Alex Kasich. Hope that's how you say your name. And they cover great sports scenes. Uh, They have covered Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, the Packers also, University of Wisconsin, Green Bay's up there, rival of Wright State. Get a baseball team, Green Bay. And Portland, Oregon, got the uh, Trailblazers. I was going to say Timber Blazers. <laughs> what, what, what have I done? I've combined the basketball and soccer team. Maybe I've combined basketball and soccer. That'd be a great sport. Dribble the soccer, bro. Nope, you travel. It's a free kick. Portland, Oregon, the Trailblazers and Timbers. Uh, two big teams there. Skip this one because it is important. Montreal, Quebec, and Adelaide, South Australia. And the one I skipped, Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. This is for you that say that Dayton, Ohio is not a good sports town. Up yours. So this episode has Mailer Nan Whaley, who is soon to leave her post and run for Ohio governor. I think this year. You know, the Wright Brothers, Aviation Pioneers, NCR, and the Cash Register, Cheez-Its. I actually told someone on TikTok that Cheez-Its were made in Dayton, Ohio, and I got a lot of likes. Not as many likes as um, <laughs> this local TV commercial in Wichita, Kansas, about a Chinese uh, buffet place. And it's like, oh, it's the distant cousin that's saying spicy beef. Seriously, go go look up those commercials, China Star commercials. They're great. But no, uh, about an hour listening, and it's Dayton, Ohio with Mayor Nan Whaley, the greatest sports towns on earth with Billy Puck and Alex Kasich. Again, I don't get a lot of chances to listen to podcasts. I'll try to listen to some Cincinnati sports ones, see you know what I can do better, what they do great. And you know, but most of the time, I don't really listen to sport. I, I don't really listen to the podcast. I don't have the time, and plus. If I hear another damn commercial about true crime podcasts, I will flip. My God, I hurt radio. I get it. You like true crime. It's too bad you don't like local radio, but, you know, you don't want that cup of tea. Anyway, go listen to it. The Greatest Sports Towns on Earth, and it's Season 1, Dayton, Ohio, from November 23rd, 2021. I enjoyed it. I gave it a thumbs up. I reached out to the people and said, great episode. Go listen to it. And now I can erase that off my whiteboard because I wanted to talk about the last few episodes and I never got around to doing so. So that will do it. This is the end of the hunt of the Bengals. Hopefully we talk more about Cincinnati playoffs. We'll have hopefully a recap episode. Talk about the season because it was a good one. Joe Burrow showing why people fell in love with him entering the league. You know, there are some things about the Bengals I do worry about. I would look for a center in the offseason via free agency or draft because I think this draft class of centers might be pretty good. So, you know, I I always worry about that. I do worry about the depth on the team as well. So I'd say start stockpiling for that. I know we get, oh, what's his name? Asai? Mike Asai? The guy from Texas. He He got injured before the season began. 
mean, he'll be back next year, hopefully. Knock on wood. But, yeah. Let's enjoy this, Bengals fans. Next one. In the NFL Divisional Round. Could be the Tennessee Titans. Formerly the Houston Oilers. Could be the Kansas City... No, excuse me. Could be the Buffalo Bills. Maybe we'll see the Kansas City Chiefs again. I don't know. But one big who day for the road. Who day! And that will do it. Also, enjoy the box art. Box art. The episode art. Because... That's the template I'm going to use for 2022. I figured, you know, maybe get a little creative and make it out of a Super Nintendo box because I'm old and I like the Super Nintendo and, you know, childhood and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm trying to be creative with my podcast as, you know, as I can. So that will do it. Thanks for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. My name is Lee W. Mowen. And hopefully next time, we will talk about college basketball. You know, I've been itching to talk about college basketball. It's just all the teams we have in Southwest Ohio, there's a bunch. And you know me, I don't stick with just the D1 teams. I talk about everyone. So that's going to be fun. Also, I like the box art I did on that too. But you can't see it now. We'll talk again soon. This has been the local Sunday Sports Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast with Lee W. Mowen. Be sure to bookmark SindayPod.com, spelled C-I-N-D-A-Y-P-O-D, the official website of the podcast. You can find your favorite ways of listening to the local Sunday Sports Podcast, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Amazon Music, the iHeartRadio app, and many more. You can also purchase merchandise from Tee Public and Redbubble to help support the podcast. Follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pod and the host at The Lee W. Mowen. The closing theme is Cosmopolitan from Pecan Pie on Upbeat. This is Lee W. Mowen signing off another episode of the Cincinnati and Dayton Sports Podcast. Thank you for your continued listenership and join me on the next episode.